SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports. So many memories. So many players. So many teams. So many great matchups. So many possibilities. Now are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Our two-hour extravaganza on this Wednesday morning. Scott Wetzel sitting in, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, Sunday mornings from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, 844-843-6879, covering the world of sports uh, right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204, your local affiliate all around the nation. Check it out, the NBA, NHL, a little college basketball this hour, and some NFL future bets that, uh, you know, either you get in on now because you think the lines are going to go lower or you hold off because of maybe some trades. Opposite picks comes through again. Uh, and let, let the poor man die in peace. Can we please do that? We'll get to all those stories again, uh, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets. Check it out, YouTube as well. NBA last night, you know, we gave our hockey system an hour number one. We're also going to start doing some NBA prop playing. I like the props. I, you know, the NBA is tough. It really is because you just don't know. Like the Houston Rockets last night, boy, this team is just giving me agita. I don't, I don't know why, you know. Certain teams just give you agita, and the Rockets are it. Poor Steven Silas. He doesn't know if he's coming or going, right? I, I do. There's a sense of me that feels sorry for the guy, even though I'm about to rip him. Because, you know, he sat out two more guys last night after sitting out two more guys the night before. And they got their ass kicked the night before by the Charlotte, you know, Hornets, for goodness sakes. And then they get their ass kicked last night as well. Uh, they lose 130 to 101 as he's deciding to rest his guys, which a lot of teams do. I get it. It's it's a phenomenon that was probably started by Popovich a few years ago when he had Duncan and Ginobili and Parker, and they were always hurt and old and broken down, and he started resting these guys, and he realized they could win in the postseason. He didn't necessarily need home court advantage. Uh, you know, that's where I think it really kind of started, and it's snowballed, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse every single year, and the Rockets have taken it to a new level because not only, you know, listen, it's bad enough if you're a San Antonio Spurs fan from, you know, four, five, six years ago uh, when you didn't necessarily, you know, need every single win, but the Rockets are not in that case, and, and it, so it's difficult. You've you got to search every which way but loose up and down to figure out who's playing, and if they are playing, are they in a minutes restriction? And these head coaches have shown no propensity to realize that if the guy is only going to play 30 minutes, I better save at least 10 for the fourth quarter. They don't do that. They, even, even the great Steve Kerr, who really is a very good head coach, obviously, even he you know, uh, screwed up the other night by you know not having enough minutes for Steph Curry in a game against against the Spurs, which they lost two nights ago. They won last night, but two nights ago. And he said, well, I'm not going to chase wins, you know, and risk the health of my player, which is fine and dandy, but, you know, that doesn't mean you don't save 10 minutes for the fourth quarter if he's only going to play 30. I mean, so it's hard picking NBA games. I could do it, of course, but 
you know, for you, it might be a little difficult. So we have other ways to beat the boys in Vegas, like over-under point props that I'll get to here in a second. But last night, we'll start with the Rockets, right? They lose to the Pelicans 130-101. to And just like, just like two nights ago when they lost to Charlotte, it's a close game heading into the fourth quarter, you know, within reason. And they get their butts kicked in the fourth quarter last night. 38-20, to New Orleans outscores them. And they, t- you know, they turn a 10-point game, a winnable game, into a 29-point route. Because why? Because he's sitting, you know, his best player, Victor Oladipo. Why? Because Oladipo played the night before, and Wall and Gordon took off the night before. So now they're going to, you know, kind of flip-flop who's getting the night off. You know, that that's the biggest concern in the Houston Rockets locker room. It's not whether you're going to win or lose. Whose turn is it to get the night off tonight? I, I want to be off, Coach. Can I get off next night? I mean, the focus on winning is just gone. You know, this team is is not sitting in the number one or two hole. You know, the playoffs were to start today, the Rockets would not be in the postseason. And so it's not like they have games to give up here. I mean, what is he doing? You know, you got to stop kissing these players' butts. I mean, listen, you'd be crazy to bet the Rockets knowing uh, the, the one good thing is this was not a surprise. He said two nights ago that Oladipo wasn't going to play last night. But it's like, you know. Are you trying to keep players happy or are you trying to win basketball games? That That's the thing. You know, all right, great. You gave two guys off, Wall and Gordon, two nights ago. You got your butt kicked. You gave Oladipo the night off last night. You get your butt kicked. And so everyone's all rested. But, oh, by the way, you're also a couple of games now under 500. You know, does winning or losing count anymore? Do you not even care? You've lost three in a row, four of five. You're slipping further away from the playoff spot. And Steven Silas, the head coach, is more concerned about giving players rest. Ugh. Don't bet Houston. Don't bet Houston. Don't bet the Nets either. They lose again. 122-111. Nets have allowed 120 or more points in seven straight games. You know, the Nets are 7-11 and against losing teams. Since getting James Harden, forget about the fact that I think even there's been a handful of games in which the big three have all played, literally. 11 games since getting Harden, 5-6 and six straight up, 3-8 and eight against the spread. They are a classic opposite picks, classic. You think they're going to get hardened? The whole world thinks they're going to be the greatest things since sliced bread, and ultimately they may end up being that at the end of the year. But, you know, everyone's jumping on the nets. are going to be great. You got Kyrie, you got Durant, you got uh, James Harden. You know, meanwhile, you know, Kyrie goes AWOL for two weeks. You know, Harden's dealing with, uh, you know, not knowing who's there and who's not there. And then Durant has got the COVID issues that he's got to deal with. And, uh, you know, they've covered three lousy games. Everyone's betting on them. You go opposite, you'll be sitting there at eight and three. That's why you go opposite of what the public likes. Uh, back into the NBA College Hoop Bowl coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pulled up for a nice, easy jump shot. Utah, another chance here. Here's Mitchell. Oh, big shot for Donovan Mitchell. Thompson cannot get the second one to go into the hands of Mitchell. Four-point game. One out of two for Thompson. Here's Ingles. Oh, big three for Joe Ingles. 
Yeah, Utah Jazz did it again last night. They won their 16th game in their last 17, and they covered the spread against our uh, beloved Celtics. Uh, and they're now 15-1-1 against the spread, 16-1 and straight up. Remarkable run. Just an absolute remarkable run for the Utah Jazz. You, again, as we pointed out, our number one, man, don't even think about going against them. I don't care who they're playing, where they're playing, why they're playing. I don't care if they're playing Topeka High. I don't care if they're playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back games and the other team is coming off three days rest. I don't care if the line is single digits or double digits, uh, although the lines have not really been double digits. You just keep playing Utah. And don't even think about going against them. Maybe you can't pull the trigger on them, but don't even think about playing against them. I told you, greatest sports axiom of all time. Winners bet with streaks, losers bet against streaks. You had some monster streaks last night continue. Nets game going over, Jazz winning. Nice and easy, even the Knicks going under. They've been on a great under run. I think it's now 16-6 and uh, six under uh, their last 22 games. And the Heat have been on an under run as well. So I know they went over Super Bowl Sunday, but last night, chance of them going over back-to-back wasn't going to happen, and sure enough, it did not happen. A uh, number of NBA things to get to. How about Carmelo Anthony? This is almost sacrilegious. I've had debates about whether Carmelo Anthony is going to be a Hall of Fame player or not. And and first off, realize that it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's basketball's Hall of Fame. You have high school female coaches literally in the Basketball Hall of Fame. So Carmelo's getting in based on his championship at Syracuse, his two Olympic rings, uh, and his, uh, you know, you have to say it. I won't say it. Uh, I was going to say stellar, but his NBA career. But he moved past Oscar Robertson last night into 12th place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Little popcorn radio, little uh, water cooler pop quiz. How many people would put Carmelo Anthony in their top 12 all-time scoring? Top 20, 25, yeah, I mean, but top 12, moving past the big O, wow, that's sacrilegious. That really is just like, wow. Uh, That's why there's no doubt. Whether he's a first ballot guy, don't know. But I don't know if that'll be the case. But Hall of Fame, yeah. He's going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he's never going to win an NBA championship ring. Maybe to his credit, I don't know. Or maybe to his detriment, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get the full story on why LeBron didn't sign him for the Lakers. You know, his best buddy. I don't know if that's a pro-Carmelo thing last year. In that he said, you know, I'm not going to hop on. I'm not going to pull a Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, I'm not just going to go there to get a ring. Or was that a LeBron thing saying, listen, hate to take, you know, hate to break it to you here, but uh, you're just not any good anymore, and you don't play team basketball, and you know, we're going to throw you the ball, and we're never going to get it back, and that's not how we do it. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if we're going to get the full story because you'll you'll never convince me that if LeBron went to management and said, go get this guy, that they wouldn't go get this guy. There's no way LeBron doesn't have that little power, I'm sure. Um, so that, that's kind of strange. But he's, he's going to, yeah. Uh, 106-97, Portland does win. They beat the Magic last night um, as uh, Carmelo has a uh, season-high 23 points. Not, not, not bad. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with some prop plays. Why not, right? We talked about how difficult it is uh, with, with these teams, not knowing who's playing, who's not playing. Um 
and follow it for a little while. Well, let's see how things go. Same, same like the NHL. We're going to grab the top two, three guys on every team. We're not going to go down the depths, and we're not going to really necessarily look for, like, assists or even really rebounds. It, it's going to be, you know, we'll keep it somewhat simple and, and basically go points. Last night, I looked at them. Didn't play them, but I just pointed them out. Let's see how things went last night, shall we? Uh, we'll start with the Philadelphia game, right? The 76ers win, the fourth straight road win. Nice job winning at Sacramento, 119-111. Um, uh, the over-under guys that we used on that one, Joel Embiid was 29 and a half. I, and I'm just going to use FanDuel, uh, FanDuel's numbers, nice and easy. Uh, so if you say, well, it was 30, Scott, or it was 28, it just, please. It was it's 29 and a half on FanDuel. So he scored 25. That was an under. Uh, ben Simmons was 14 and a half points. He was the one of the few guys that did use his assist total, seven and a half. He had 14 points, so that went under, but he did have nine assists, so you got to split out of Simmons. Buddy Heald for uh, Sacramento, 17 and a half. He scored 21, so he went over. De'Aaron Fox, 24 and a half. He had 34, so he went over. So in that game, you had one, two, three. You went three and two, if you uh, want to include the assists on Simmons. But two and two with the point total. Uh, the Portland game, I only used Lillard. He had 31 and a half. Uh, he actually scored 36, so that went over. Interesting. The Utah game, Donovan Mitchell, 26 and a half. He had 36. That went over. Rudy Gobert, 13 and a half. He had 18. That went over. Nice little start. Celtics, though, Jason Tatum, 26 and a half, 23 points. That went under. Kemba Walker, 19 and a half. He had seven. Seven lousy stinking points in 30 minutes of play. That went under. So you went two and two. I got to tell you, I thought that was a good move. But, man, he is the quintessential play in the middle of obscurity on a lousy team, Charlotte. And you could score 25, 30 points a game. Play in a big-time market with a lot of pressure on you. Expectations to win Boston. He is just not the same player. He just is. He's from the area, Connecticut, so it's not like he can't, you know, or isn't used to this, to playing at UConn and everything. But you play at Charlotte as long as he did, and, and nobody in the stands, and team stinks, and you just hoist up shots. You'll get your 25 points. He just is not the same player. He, he just is not. Anyway, uh, Golden State, San Antonio. Steph Curry, 30 and a half. He got 32. Hit. Kelly Oubre Jr., 17 and a half. He had 12. Uh, DeJounte Murray, 15 and a half for the Spurs. He only had eight. And DeMar DeRozan, 21 and a half. He only had 12. So he only went one and three in that game. Knicks in uh, Miami Heat, we used two guys. R.J. Barrett, 14 and a half for the Knicks. He finished with 13. That missed layup at the buzzer that would have sent the game to overtime not only would have extended the game, but it would have put R.J. over his 14 and a half. Oh, when you, if you had the over on Barrett and you see that shot, how easy he missed that, uh, how easy a layup that was. Oh, that's a killer. Jimmy Butler had 18 and a half as his total. He scored 26, so that went over. Uh, the New Orleans game against Houston, Zion, 24 and a half, only had 20. Eric Bledsoe, 20 and a half, only had 10. We used Ball. He had 13 and a half, and, and uh, Lonzo finished with 15, so he went over. So take the uh, two, three, four most prominent players in these games. Let's see how we finished up. One and two, one and one, that's two and three. One and three, that's three and six. 
two and two, three and six, five and eight, six and eight. We went three and two down there, six and eight, nine and eight, nine and ten. When everything is said and done, days worth of entertainment to go nine and ten. Maybe, you know, and if you want to do the point total, it was eight and ten, but we're going to go a half, you know, we'll give you the uh, Ben Simmons assist. So not as good as my hockey shots on goal system. But still, you give me uh, a night's worth of entertainment to, to basically lose the VIG, not bad. But we'll, I, I will follow that for a little while. Well, let's see how things turn out. You know, take the top two, three guys every NBA game, get their totals on FanDuel, and uh, each morning we'll run down a couple of them here and see how things go. I, I, and basically nobody, right, nobody bets the unders on these things. That's impossible. Everyone's betting over. So we're rooting for the overs on all. All right, uh, coming up 22 past the hour. Here's Julie sitting in. Opposite picks on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Culver fight for position down low. They find him in an opportunity for a three-point play. McClung. All right, uh, ESPN there with the call. That was uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech last night as uh, West Virginia... Uh, actually comes up with a nice road win over the uh, Red Raiders, 81-72. Chris Beard went bonkers at the end of the game for Texas Tech in a battle of uh, nationally ranked teams, uh, West Virginia 14, Texas Tech 7. He thought there was a flop and a foul and this and that and wasn't called, and he ended up getting kicked out. So nice road win by West Virginia last night. Uh, that's, uh, you know, pretty much going to solidify them as getting an NCAA birthday. We're getting into that crunch time now. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, uh, where, you know, you start analyzing some of these wins and, uh, you know, what teams have to do. And are they playing for anything as, as the college basketball season plods along here, uh, crossing their fingers that they can get to the NCAA tournament when the whole tournament's going to be in uh, Virginia, which I, I see where the Big Ten announced yesterday that uh, they're going to hold their postseason tournament in Indiana as well. So they're going to move it from I think it was going to be in Illinois and Chicago. <clears throat> so they're going to go to Indiana. That seems to be the uh, the haven. I guess the virus uh, doesn't uh, infiltrate through the uh, Indiana uh, borders. So nice, nice win by West Virginia. Alabama beats uh, South Carolina 81-78. Texas, a, a small win over Kansas State 80-77. Uh, Creighton uh, knocks off Georgetown 63-48. Tell you the Dukie Pukies lose to Notre Dame yesterday 93-89. Duke is 7-8. and Wow. They laid, you know, that line went up to 7. When we did our opposite picks, it was only 5 or so, and it was 7 by game time. Man, you got to keep betting against them. Uh, you you just, uh, I'm, I'm done with them. You know, no more thinking, okay, they're finally going to kick it in. 
given up 90 points in back-to-back games for the second time in 25 years. They're 7-8 and eight overall. They've lost 6 of 8 back-to-back home losses in five years. They blow a 15-point lead. They're under 500 at this point for the uh, first time since 1999. I mean, it just gets worse after worse after worse after worse. Kentucky loses again yesterday. I don't know what they were doing as a point-and-a-half favorite, but they were, but they lose by one. You know, it's funny. I'm watching the end of that game, and I'm usually pretty good about this stuff, and I, and I said to myself, you know, something's not right here. Uh, I got tricked by the incompetency of the uh, three-letter network, or excuse me, four-letter network, because Kentucky was down four. They hit a three to cut it to one. And then, you know, I'm, I'm doing 50 zillion different things, and I'm flipping the channels real quickly. And then I go back, and I see Kentucky still down one, and Kentucky hits another three to take the lead. They're up two. Arkansas then hits two free throws to seemingly tie the game. However, the score says Kentucky's only up one after that three-point shot. And I'm like, no, 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 that that was a three. And they, they showed the replay of it. It clearly was a three. So it's like, wait a minute, they only re- awarded them two points. This is wrong. They're playing the final seconds thinking that they're, uh, they're down or they're up one when they're really tied. And in the end, uh, Kentucky throws the ball away at its final possession, and they lose by one. And I'm saying, no, no, they should be tied right now. But what happened, four-letter network, Missed on a free throw. They didn't award Arkansas. A kid made one of two free throws. So when Kentucky was seemingly down only one when they hit that three, I don't know if I'm the only one that that fell trapped to this, but when they hit that three to seemingly go up two, they were actually down two. They just didn't award Arkansas that one extra point. So Anyway, to make a long story short, Kentucky loses by one, whereas I really thought that they had, uh, you know, the game was tied. They were going into the locker room, and I figured sooner or later someone would notice, no, no, that was a three. I thought they awarded the Kentucky shot a two, uh, but no, they just failed to put the score up for the one free throw. So uh, the four-letter network screwed us over last night, if you thought maybe, just maybe. First time since 1974, Duke and Kentucky both, are under 500 this late in the season since 1974. That's 46, 47 seasons ago, almost 50 years. I mean, it's just been at the end of this season, whether it's Duke, Kentucky, maybe throw Michigan State in there. Um, you know, we're going to have some wacky numbers. It's like first time in 60 years, 70 or whatever the case may be for some of this stuff. You you just got some real blue bloods that are just struggling. And like I said, the boys at FanDuel, they're not adjusting the lines. I'm telling you, I, I know it's we still got about five, six, seven regular season games left. Just play against these guys. As much as you think they'll turn things around, I, I'm done. I, I With both Kentucky and Duke, I, I've been off Kentucky for a little while, but I, I did like Duke last night. I thought after losing to North Carolina, they'd come out flying and stuff and make a run for the tournament. And, and both these teams, if they could just finish, uh, you know, Kentucky can't. They're way under 500. But if they could both finish just a couple of games over 500, they'll get the benefit of the doubt, especially Duke. You just know that. But I don't even think Duke will. I, I you just, boy, 93 points to a mediocre Notre Dame team. Crazy. 
just, just, just crazy. So, a um, couple football notes here. Russell Wilson uh, spoke to the media yesterday. He got a national award, Man of the Year award. And I'm telling you, I, I am a genius. It's, it's remarkable how smart I am. Having Russell Wilson on my fantasy team helps. But, you know, I watch every single game as much as possible, flipping the channels on Sundays. And the Seattle Seagirls, second half of the season, their offense in particular was nowhere close to what it was the first half of the season. First half of the season, man, him and, and uh, Metcalf, uh, they were giving uh, you know, me literally 30 points, 40 points, 50 points a game. They, they were just on fire, their offense, right? And then it got about midway through the season, and it just died. And I said, and I remember saying on our program here, that you could tell the difference in that offense. Russell Wilson has not quit. But he stopped acting like Superman. He, you know, he stopped making chicken soup out of chicken. You know what? You know, you could see it. You know, where Russell Wilson earlier on would scramble for ten seconds creating a play. Second half of the season, he didn't. He would just not necessarily go down, but he would he would not perform like Superman and pull a Pat Mahomes like in the Super Bowl, just scrambling. You know, it seemed like he was tired of that. It seemed like he was frustrated to the point where he just said, "I'm not doing it anymore. I'm, I'm just done." You know what? If I get sacked, I get sacked. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to put my uh, you know my body at risk. I, I'm, just, I'm tired of doing it every single week. Uh, you know, doing all this stuff. And I and I said that, I, and you could see it if you watch the games. So to make a long story short, that's basically what he told the media yesterday. That's what happened. He said he's tired of being sacked. And I think that happened halfway through the season. I don't think this is an after-season thought. I think it happened halfway through the season. He said is enough is enough. My offensive line stinks slash my offensive game plan stinks. Uh, and I'm tired of getting sacked. He's been sacked uh, the most of any player in his first nine career years, now they haven't recorded sacks uh, forever. So Randall Cunningham is next in line. Uh, his 47 sacks in 2020, uh, or hits, he wasn't sacked 47 times. Uh, or maybe he was 47 times with a third most in the NFL behind Wentz 50 and Deshaun Watson 49. So I, I really, I, I think it came to a point where he just said enough is enough. I'm tired of it. So then they asked him about, you know, whether he's going to be with Seattle because he, you know, he, he's, up, he's upset and this and that. And he said, uh, as far as being traded, that's out of my control. Now, if you go to FanDuel right now uh, and you go to NFL Futures, you know, you could still get some pretty decent money on the uh, Seattle Seahawks. They're not trading Russell Wilson. They're they're 20 to 1. Um, And and I tell you two things whenever I hear this stuff. It would be cost prohibitive. Now, I'm not a salary cap expert. None of us are, right? And, And I do believe in where there's a will, there's a way. But if you traded Wilson, according to the stories, there'd be a $39 million dead cap hit. No team can suffer that. No team. Not knowing that you'd have to suffer that and pay another quarterback, oh, by the way. You you, you just can't do that. They're not trading him. He just signed an extension two years ago. Well, why, why would they trade him? Why would that even come up? Why, why would even someone suggest it or you know, give credence to it? It, it just it doesn't make any sense. I think we lost our video here. But... Um, you know, they're not moving. They're not moving Russell Wilson. You know, why? To start all over again? Well, you know, it's not his fault. So forget, whenever someone suggests something stupid like that, just, just give it no no thought, really. The other thing is with, with Dak Prescott, which I know is going to be a hot topic here, um, they're not giving Dak a franchise tag again. They can't, all right? And I've been saying this forever. Go to... Um, 
you know, the salary cap spot website, the spot track.com is a pretty good one. Salary cap figures to be about $185 million, right? Dallas right now, without Dak, is at $181 million. How could you possibly? And the guys that are making the most money, the Ezekiel Elliott's and Amari Coopers of the world, Zach Martin, an offensive lineman, they can't cut those guys because they gave them such huge signing bonuses that if they cut them, the, again, it would be cost prohibitive cap-wise. So that's not happening. All right, they're not cutting those guys. You can't. So because of that, you cannot franchise Dak because you'd have to put forty million dollars, all of it. Now you can't spread it out. When you franchise the guy, you got to put all his money in the cap that year. They cannot put forty million dollars onto their salary structure when they're already at one hundred and eighty-one million of the one hundred and eighty-five. He's either going to walk or they're going to sign an extension. They're not, I'm telling you, franchising. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. music means time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly most profitable five minutes in radio opposite picks what are opposite picks you newbies ask well we take six games give you seven thousand reasons why we like one side and then we go opposite why because despite all the stats trends hunches injury reports weather reports and everything else nobody but nobody beats the boys in vegas and we proved it again last night going four and two now 75 up and only 49 down, 26 games over 500. Here we go with a six-pack of winners for later on tonight. We'll start with one NBA game. Dallas laying four versus Atlanta. You know, I said I was going to write off the uh, Dallas Mavs, but you know what? I'm right back on their bandwagon after they have two straight wins, albeit non-covers, but still, they've won two in a row. They are long overdue for a cover, going just one and eight against the spread their last nine games. Oh, by the way, that one against the spread win against this same Hawks team two weeks ago. They were playing their worst ball of the season, and they still found a way to beat Atlanta. Now they're playing a little bit better. They should have no problem at home, by the way, crushing the Hawks. Love Dallas here laying just four. Give me Atlanta plus the four. Pick number two to college basketball. Uh, Connecticut laying a point and a half at Providence. Uh, I hate to break it to you, Friar fans, but uh, Otis Thorpe, Lenny Wilkins, Marvin Barnes, and Ernie Gregorio are not walking through that door. Thank you very much, Rick Tino. These are not your father's Providence Friars. This team stinks, and they're playing their worst ball of the season, having lost seven of nine. Outside of an upset win over Creighton, which I still don't know how this has happened, uh, they've beaten nobody this year. UConn's not great, but the Huskies will pound Providence in this afternoon affair. Love UConn here at basically pick them. Give me Providence plus the one and a half. Pick number three, Rutgers getting six at Iowa. You know, I would have been all over this line two weeks ago on the other side, but not anymore. This Iowa team has come way back to the pack. They couldn't beat the peak of high right now. They've lost four of five, including two at home. 
They barely beat Rutgers a couple of weeks ago when they were actually playing better. Now they're playing lousy, and now I'm going to get six with the Scarlet Knights, who will get revenge as they go for their fifth straight win. So they're playing great. Iowa's playing lousy, and you're going to give me six? <laughs> Rutgers has even won two in a row on the road. What are you getting six here? Give me Iowa minus the six. Pick number four, VMI. Pick'em at Western Carolina. Wow. I can grab the military men at Pick'em against this pathetic biggest waste of human flesh in college basketball uniforms? <laughs> this is too obvious. VMI is 5-4 over its last nine games with one of those wins by 26 points over this same god-awful Western Carolina team two weeks ago. Western has lost eight of its last nine, not only on the court, but against the boys in Vegas as well. This team blows, and now it's Pick'em? Oh, love BMI here. Give me Western Carolina, Pick'em. Pick number five, uh, Virginia Lane four and a half at Georgia Tech. You know, not a lot on this game. It's just, it's going to be a good game. You know, as it was three weeks ago, Virginia beat Tech by just two. Uh, but I'm going to be uh, willing to lay the four and a half here because the Cavaliers are quietly one of the hottest teams in the nation. They've won 12 of their last 14. Expectations through the roof at the beginning. Didn't start off too well. Expectations disappeared. And again, quietly, they've won 12 of their last 14. Georgia Tech, meanwhile, has lost three of five. I think Virginia gets the road win. I think they win it comfortably here. Give me Georgia Tech plus the four and a half. Pick number six, Valpo, plus four versus Bradley. Oh, the boys in Vegas is dyslexic. is kicking it again. They got it backwards. Wrong team is favored. Shouldn't it be Bradley favored by four? It's Valpo that's won four of seven, including upsetting previously undefeated Drake its last game. It's Valpo that's won their earlier meeting. It's Valpo that's the home team, and it's Bradley that's lost seven of eight. Everything points to Valpo, and now you're going to give me four points? Oh, you'd have to be the biggest mope, moron, muttonhead, meathead, mush, bird, brain, basket case, blowhard, dunce, dim with dork, dope, fool, jackass in the world to put American money on Bradley. Give me the Bradley Braves laying four. Our opposite picks, a six-pack, one NBA game, Atlanta plus four against Dallas, college basketball for everything else, Providence plus one and a half versus UConn, Iowa laying six against Rutgers. Western Carolina pick them against BMI. Georgia Tech plus four and a half against Virginia. And it pains me to say it, but give me Bradley minus the four at the Valparaiso. College basketball, NBA opposite picks on this Wednesday, February 10th. All right, there you go. All set. Uh, yesterday, we did go 4-2. and two. And again, I'll post those on the website, oppositepicks.com, uh, where I give out some other free winners as well, in case you're driving around, didn't have time to uh, jot those down. Yesterday, we went 4-2. and two. We won outright with Notre Dame, um, plus 7. One with Penn State getting 3, one of the rare occurrences where they actually lost the game, but they only lost by 2. So Penn State plus 3 was the winner. And to be fair, that line jumped up to four. Um, so, But, again, I'll use the lines that we have in the morning. That's all we do. I won't adjust the lines. Um, Kent State uh, against Bowling Green. We had Bowling Green laying the one. That was a loser. 
We had Butler minus two and a half, needed overtime, but they beat St. John's by three, so that was the winner. Uh, Iowa State plus six against TCU. Uh, TCU ends up winning by, by just two, I think it was, two or three. They didn't cover, so that was the winner. And then uh, Elon plus the four against James Madison. That was almost a winner. Elon, which is just brutal, was actually leading by a seven or so at halftime against James Madison. And uh, the Dukes then uh, blew him out in the second half. Uh, so they end up covering the spread four. So uh, the winners, uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, Butler, and Iowa State. The two losers, Penn State or, um, uh, Bowling Green and Elon. So we went four and two. Not bad. I'll take four and two every day of the week. Upping our overall record now to 75 and 49. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, on the slate tonight, you know, in addition to those opposite pick games, when you look at things, only two hockey games, which, uh, again, now that we have our new system, that's unfortunate. They haven't posted the second game yet on FanDuel. Right now they got Boston and uh, the Rangers. Montreal should be playing you know, Toronto, unless I'm missing something as far as that game being uh, canceled. But, um not a great line on that, Bruins and Rangers. The only thing I would say is I do like playing the under on uh, on, Bruin, on uh, Ranger games. I play them all the time, and I suggest you do too with the Islanders, but Bruins as well. Uh, they're a stingy team. They give up the fewest shots on goal. It's five and a half, and uh, you know I'd be surprised if that game had six. I, I really would, as far as goals are concerned. So I would play the under on that one. And, um, you know, Boston's a big uh, 166. I can't do that on the road favorite. Uh, that I won't do. NBA, got some interesting games. Uh, Atlanta-Dallas, obviously. Uh, you got to go right back on the, the Nets and Pacers. FanDuel still does not have an over-under on that one posted for some reason. There's a couple of games they don't. That's one of them. But I'm guessing that's going to be, you know, uh, right around 230 or so. That That's generally where the net over-unders are. Let me see if uh, some of the Vegas sites have uh, an over-under posted on that game. I'm surprised because that was an early game that should have been posted, unless there's some concern on who's playing. A um, couple of sites in Vegas or elsewhere have 230. Wow, 236 even. Whew, that's a big number. Uh, that, that's uh, Durant's got to sit out one more game if memory serves me right. So, But again, you know what? 16-1 and one over, don't even think about playing an under. Don't even think about it. Uh, you got the L.A. laying nine against Minnesota. Yeah, nothing there there. You got the Pelicans laying three against the Bulls. Uh, Markinen is out for Chicago for a couple of more games. So maybe New Orleans, although they played last night. But they weren't really stretched to the limit. They won by 29. So it's not like they were in a, a tight game down the stretch. So maybe New Orleans laying the three is not, not too bad. Denver laying nine and a half against the Cadavers, uh, who have fallen on hard times. I don't like laying 10 in an NBA game, 9.5. That's, that's a monster number. Um, Milwaukee laying 4 at Phoenix. That's not too bad. You know, I know Phoenix has played fairly well this year. Uh, check the situation with Chris Paul because he did not play the last game, and it was an injury. It wasn't a rest situation. So if he's not playing, I would not play Phoenix. In fact, I would take the chance. You know, you can get it now at FanDuel at four. I, I would put Milwaukee in because chances are if uh, Paul does not play, that line will go up. And even if he does play, I'll still take the Bucks laying the four, to tell you the truth. And then, uh, you know, Lakers play OKC. So it's really not the, you know, a, a great, great game in, in the NBA tonight. But you have monster overtrends on the Nets and Pacers. And you got the overtrends on the Wizards against the uh, Raptors. And oddly enough, that's another game that's not, you know, being posted. You still have monster under trends on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I will tell you Atlanta has gone under 
Gotta love these uh, trends. Let's see. They've come back to the pack a little bit, but it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine unders, nine and one, ten and one, ten and two, eleven and two, eleven and three, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen and five under, with two of those overs going over because of overtime. So sixteen and three under their last nineteen games after regulation. Sixteen and three. Not bad. Again, uh, don't don't bet it over. Uh, the game that they did play, I will tell you this, uh, one of those three overs against Dallas, 122-116. I don't think that was one of the overtime games. Mavericks, uh, you know, just for comparison's sake, yeah, they, they've gone over quite a bit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and two over their last ten. Eight and three over their last ten. Nine and three over their last ten. So, which trend do you believe in more? The under or the over? Nine and three? I would say more the under. I think it's a lot easier for a team to slow the ball down and not get into a uh, a scoring fest versus a team wanting to push the ball. So, if Atlanta wants to play low scoring, then I would say the under would prevail there. So, yeah, you give me 16 and three under after regulation 19 games, I don't care what the other team is doing. I, I would do that more times than not versus trying to find uh, you know, the over situation there. College basketball, what do we got on the slate tonight? Anything uh, great um, outside of the games, obviously, that I gave you? Uh, Indiana Northwestern, 5.30 start. Got a lot of weird start times because of the coronavirus. So always, you know, that Providence-UConn game is a 4 o'clock start. Indiana Northwestern, not a bad game. That's a 5.30 start with the Hoosiers laying four. Uh, the Bradley game is a 7 o'clock start. Um, Drake in Northern Iowa. Uh, Drake is phenomenal. They're coming up their first loss of the season. Northern Iowa stinks. You want to lay the 10 on that one. The Virginia game starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, nothing special there. Our Saluki's in action against Missouri State. Marquette Villanova is not too, too bad. But you don't really have a headliner uh, in college basketball. It's kind of an easy, uh, a, a decent little uh, do-nothing type of day. You know, a couple of games, but nothing on the NBA slate, nothing on the college basketball slate, and nothing, no no monster game on the uh, NHL slate either. So, but that's okay. Uh, there's action to be had, that's for sure, regardless. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll update the poll question, and uh, we'll check out a couple of stories here that we didn't have time to delve into on this Wednesday, February 10th. Opposite picks of Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. update the uh, poll question one more time. Who should the Philadelphia Eagles trade quarterback Carson Wentz to? Pretty good response so far. Don't forget it'll be up all day. The Indianapolis Colts uh, leading the way at 36.5%. Uh, Houston in a Deshaun Watson trade at 
Uh, Chicago Bears getting 25% and the proverbial other uh, getting 11.5% with uh, one guy uh, saying the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders up in the uh, CFL. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty funny. That, that actually, uh, yeah, why not? Sure. Uh, a couple of stories here we didn't have time to delve into. Let, let, let the poor man uh, die in peace. Will you please? Um, I don't know. Listen, you can see anything on the Internet, so I, I do wonder about certain things. But poor Marty Schottenheimer. Um, and my dad was a Browns fan, so I always rooted for the Browns. I, I like those Charger teams. You know, I sadly passed away yesterday, 77. Uh, the Washington Post supposedly had a headline says, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, NFL coach whose team's wilted in the postseason, dies at 77. It's like, are you, even in death, are you really going to put that on, on your, your tombstone? Man, let the poor guy die in peace, will you please? And then uh, Rafi uh, sent in a story supposedly, remember the guy that the streak during the Super Bowl ran on the field in the third quarter, wherever it was, right? Ends up doing it for this, uh, this, this dopey website. Supposedly, again, on the internet, he placed a $50,000 bet at plus 750 that there'd be a streaker at the Super Bowl. So while he got arrested, paid a little fine, supposedly cashed out and received $375,000. I really doubt that. I really do. Most sites do only allow about $500 total wager on some of those props uh, because of that situation. I really doubt. It says it's from Australia, so who knows, but I really doubt that. I really do. Great job by everyone involved. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here. Office of Pick Series XM, Channel 204. Be safe. Wear the mask. And uh, go to the website, officeofpicks.com. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge or don't. And